Welcome to another Dignity Dialogue. I am Joe Kittinger, and again, my host for part two, All About Culture, is April Johnson. Say hi, April. Hello. What's up? All right. It's good to be back. We've had fun. Oh, my goodness. Fun talking about culture. Uh, Why don't you give us a little recap, April, of what we talked about with culture? (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Wow. And just like that, totally put me on the spot. All right. So, okay. We talked about. uh, Your name is on the cover. (laughs) You should have to do the recap. You're right. Okay. So, I'm the play by play and you're the color commentator. Thank you. So, April. Okay. So, that's fun. We're having fun here, folks. Okay. So, uh, we're talking about culture. And today, we're going to focus on the secret ingredient that must be weaved throughout your culture no matter what. But before we get into that, let's recap uh, last episodes mm-hmm. we talked about creating a winning culture that it's deliberate that you must focus on it you must create it a culture will happen whether you want it or not and usually it's not good if you don't get after it yeah um, we pointed out that to identify three things and by the way you can read more about this mm-hmm. uh Lincioni did a great book called the advantage and he talks mm-hmm. about the six critical questions and so we're just focusing on three questions that focus really about building culture. And you can research all six on your own. Uh, but the three is, why do we exist? Why does this company exist? Why does this location exist? Why does this department exist? So this can be brought down to really small departments or it can be a whole company. That's, so what is your why? And then the other is what? What are you called to do? So when I come to work here every day, what am I called to do? Mm-hmm. And then uh, we talked about the how how would you expect me to behave? Some people call this core values. Right. Um, we talked about uh, bringing your team together and discussing. Um, hey, what drives us nuts? Like, what behaviors don't we like? <laughs> to sometimes find you know mm-hmm. to say, let's be deliberate. What do we? How do we want to behave? How do we want to act? And so those are the three critical questions out of the six that I would say are the bedrock of establishing a roadmap or a standard for what do you expect from this culture? Yeah, for sure. I think it's foundational. You know, there's going to be other things certainly that will, that you'll um, season (laughs) your culture with. Right. Um, But that's these, those three questions really get you the foundation of your culture to build, to build upon. Exactly. And so today as part two, we're talking about the idea of what is the element that must be weaved into any culture to give it almost this maximus like oomph like to get it like lifted off the ground mm-hmm. and uh and that ingredient is drum roll i'm, I'm drum rolling right now april do you hear that I hear that's it. me okay that ingredient is love now before you freak out okay HR, we're not talking about touchy-feely love. We're going to get into the kind of love we're talking about. Don't, don't. Matter of fact, our sponsor today is love. So I'm just going to make a pause right now for a word from our sponsor. Welcome, love. Brought to you by love. Did you know that unconditional love is really a love of acceptance? When you learn how to accept the people in your life, you feel better and you live healthy. Love, now available for free. Available while supplies last. Oh, wait. Love never runs out. Never mind. And we're back. Yes. Oh, April, 
Do you know that in the and if we look at uh, biblical writings, do you know what language the Bible was originally written in? I'm pretty sure it was originally written in Greek. Greek, that's correct. But I have the NIV. What's that? <laughs> that's just that's just a little Bible humor. Okay, <laughs> got it. It was written in Greek, and you know, there's a famous statement that says, "Love your neighbor as yourself." Yeah. Right. And the word they chose for love was agape, the Greek word agape for love. And do you know, I just discovered that the Greeks had tons of words for love. Mm, Some yeah. of which you might be familiar with, like Philos, Philadelphia. What is that? Mm, the state yeah. of, or the uh, city brother, of brotherly, brotherly love. love. Right. So that means. They're not. Well, that so. means love of conditions. Wow. Go to a go to a Packer Eagles game once. You won't get out. You won't get out. Yeah, you you they see you're not a part of their mm -hmm. condition of being an Eagles fan. And I've I've never been there, but I've heard some uh, you know some stories that they're not too affectionate with uh, folks who don't think like them. Uh, there's also um, eros, mm -hmm. which is the root of erotic. Mm -hmm. That's the love that we see in movies. Hashtag. It certainly is a marriage, but it, it's uh, no HR. <laughs> no HR. <laughs> Eros. Yes, that's romantic love. Yes. Let's see. I have some others uh, that I was provided here. Um, pragma. I guess that, that'd probably be the root of pragmatic. I don't know. I'm Maybe. guessing. It says enduring love. Um, and uh, mania. Like manic, yeah, think of that. Yeah. Mania is obsessive love. Oh. Ludus, I don't know. If I'm, there. I don't know Greek, but L U D U S. Ludus is playful love. Hmm. So they have all these different words that our uh, great researcher Lauren did on the different words for love. But agape. Uh, why don't you read agape there? Well, uh, agape says a selfless love, a choice to respect. Yeah. Um, uh, that is, that's like so great. That's logical. It is. That's not emotional. Mm -mm. It's a choice. It's a choice. And love, I believe love is a choice. Love is always a choice. It is. By, by this definition of agape love, um, it's a choice to respect someone even if they don't deserve it. Mm -hmm. Right? Like you have a choice on how to behave. So it's interesting. Biblically, love your neighbor as yourself if you're faith-based, right? Mm -hmm. It's... Uh, love was agape your neighbor as yourself meaning just respect them mm -hmm. it wasn't affection it wasn't uh, any of these other types of love mm -hmm. and that is the the key ingredient that has to be weaved in great cultures yeah absolutely absolutely i you know joe i have to tell you i'm i'm i might throw you off where you're going here but i can't help but wonder there's one missing What's There's missing? one kind of love missing. I don't. I don't, I don't know Greek, so you tell me what's missing. It's called nana love. Nana love is that how the Greeks would have pronounced it? It's 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 the love you have for your grandchildren. Oh, oh, see now. So okay, so now I had a nana. Okay, okay. a nana nana. Okay, got right? it. Right, that would be. I, I'm assuming that's the Greek mm. for the love that you have for your grandchildren. I know I, I digress, but we'll I was looking have, at all these words and I thought we'll have to have Lauren do that research. There's something very different <laughs> to see if that's about true. that kind of love. Can I just talk real? Okay, so now you brought. Do you know if the beloved person has many names? Ooh, think about that. The beloved person has many names. So you have a name. Um, 
your dear friends, April. Did you have a nickname that your maybe your grandparents gave you growing up? Or did they always call you April? Um, I, well, my grand my grandfather always called me Susie Q. Susie Q. Um, your husband have a little pet name for you? Well, of course he does. Okay, we'll keep that between you two. Yes. And then you, you have Nana. I have Nana. Right. Yeah. My point is, you know, I have Joe Kid growing up in the mm-hmm. college, you know, Joe Kid, Joey, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Dad, mm-hmm. Mom, right? Yeah. So the beloved person has many names. It's mm-hmm. a side, it's a side uh, thought about that. The more names that people call you, the more beloved you are. Isn't that interesting? It's- I never really thought about it. And they probably all come, right? Right. I mean, I... My, the names that I have for my kids, like, I mean, I have, I have names for my, you know, yeah. for my boys. Um, I have certainly, I have names uh, for my, for my granddaughter. My, my husband calls her a schmutzki. Yeah. She's okay. his schmutzki, yep. you know, um, and they come with an, with a deep affection. They come with love. Oh, my, my older siblings call me Binky. <laughs> hey, Bink. <laughs> to this day. You guys are 51 years old. I'm the youngest of five. To this day in our family, I'll call my brother Dave and he'll be like, hey, Bink. Hey, Bink. And I go, hey, Beave. I call him Beave growing up. We, we revert back to these little nicknames. And that's love. And I think of some folks, you know, you say, uh, oh, you know, this Charles is her name. And you go, hey, Chuck, don't call me that. <laughs> right? I'm wondering right. if there was a bad association with with something of this nature. You never know. But if you think about it, the more nicknames someone gives you, I think nicknames are love. But let's get back to the yeah. type of love that we're talking yeah. about in culture, which is agape love, a choice to a choice to respect. It's non-emotional. I think that's the hardest thing for people to get their head around when we say love is part of it. We're talking about agape love, mm-hmm. um, which encapsulates empathy. Yep. People have bad days. You know that, April? Yeah. Oh gosh. <laughs> People Even I have, have bad, bad days. days. Yeah, they have bad days. And I was just with a, a with um, um, a CEO yesterday, and you know the story. And and one of the associates gave you feedback when you were doing training. One of his associates mm-hmm. about he, he accomplished this project, and, and the CEO tried to give him some kudos, and it came off wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we got that feedback, and I and we asked him. And we, when you gave him that feedback, were you under stress? He's like, totally. I had year end. He just, you know, just showed up, right? Like that's that's agape love, mm-hmm. empathy, right? In this moment, no, I'm totally appreciative. That came off wrong. I'll recircle the wagons, right? Um, we sometimes say things that come across not the way we intended them. Yeah. And maybe if we showed empathy, oh, I shouldn't have barged in right when they were in the middle of that thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Or maybe that mm-hmm. a bad morning or, or what's going on. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a key em- empathy. Um, we see really highlighted when we're willing to ask a question. That's right. Um, instead of pointing out someone's uh, shortcoming or their, you know, their mistake or the thing that, um, you know, that is that we're, we don't like or we're having an issue with. Right. Being able to to say, um, I care about you. And so I want to talk, I want to talk about it. Right. Um, and that's where I think like this agape, this element of respect, um, it can be a really, it can be and hear me out. It could be very transactional for sure. Right. It can be very transactional and it can be very relational. Right. 
as well. And I think that's where we really see, that's where we see empathy really come into play is, you know, there are leaders that um, they don't want to just get the task done, you know, mm-hmm. check you off of their task list. Right. They really, they care. So if, if you're not performing at the level that you want to be performing at, or if you're just not quite yourself, right? Like, you know, a couple of weeks and you're not quite yourself. And there's, there's somebody who comes in and says, Hey, like, let's get it together. Or, you know, this is going to be a problem, yeah. right? Or you have the person who goes, Hey, I have known you and I've never seen you like this before. Is everything okay? Right. Yeah. Like what, what's up? Let's yeah, talk. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. You know, it could be that simple. It is that simple. It can be. It is that simple. Mm-hmm. And uh, what gets us away from agape love is we just talked about today in one of our training sessions this morning was about avoiding conflict. We think that's a conflict. If I meddle in your personal business. Good point. And, and you talked about this morning, work-life balance. Mm-hmm. Why don't you explain that? Because I think that's that's yeah you know point. it is such a great point and i and you know i caught it um i it wasn't an idea i had myself it was something i i saw i was watching a simon sinek um yeah. video i'm a huge uh simon sinek fan and um he talked about work-life balance and how um we've kind of got the name wrong like we've named it wrong yeah right and he and he talked about it and that it is life yeah <clears throat> you know we're all we're all doing life and um and work is a part of life mm-hmm. right um it's not like we can we can leave work lock it <laughs> use the key lock it up and not and not ever you know go back to it until eight o'clock the next morning or whatever it might be right sometimes it sometimes we have to take a phone call or sometimes there's a text message right and and um and and we get that but understanding that all of it is a part of life mm-hmm. and we have to find balance in our life yeah. Not just in between work and home, but our life and all the things, all the elements that fall into that. So when when you have somebody that's coming into work, maybe there's something going on um, and you're only thinking about it, whether it's home or work. And we say, you know, you leave your home crap yeah. at the door, leave your baggage, news flash. <laughs> that doesn't work yes <laughs> like you can't you can't do that um and so those really wonderful leaders are able to say i know something's going on and i want to talk to you about what it is what's that thing that's happening in the other part of your life that is that i'm now seeing in work and i'm not asking because of production i'm asking because i care about you yeah you know what? You and I are going to do a podcast just on work-life balance because I know you've done so much research on that. It's huge. Um, people struggle with it. And it is based on, you know, your research and us kicking tires around this thing and really digging into it. Um, it's misunderstood, mm-hmm. right? Like you mentioned. So we're going to let's, yeah. let's put that down. We're going to do, we're going to spend something just on work-life balance and, and, and talk about just life and how do we how do we get balance in that way based mm-hmm. on some wonderful research uh, April and her team has done around it. I want to just pivot with this idea of agape when you said, is everything okay? Like checking with someone that is truly respect. You know, something that I've learned that I'm working on is, you know, I can coach folks to say, you know, run to the challenge, don't run away from it. And how I find that just in the history of our 20 years, right? Even up until last year, why is it so hard to confront, like you, for example, if there's mm-hmm. something, 
or one of our profiteers. Mm -hmm. You know, why would I hesitate? Why? Well, I, I'm telling everyone else to do it, right? <laughs> and uh, and so that's something that um, I want to get even better at. I think I've improved, but I but better at it. And this idea of a respectful approach and agape mm -hmm. approach, almost telling someone because you respect them so much. Mm -hmm. I respect you so much. You are such a big deal here. I just need to share this with you. Mm -hmm. Are you aware that this or or can we just talk about it? I felt this way or or whatever the, the mm -hmm. situation is to confront it sooner than later. Yeah, that's and, good. It's not really confrontation. It's more of like like a little informational note verbally, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like I'm just putting a little note on your windshield going, oh, by the way, this is my private parking spot <laughs> or whatever it is, you know, in life. <laughs> um, it's like this kind of like this note, you know, we, we approach things like this could be this huge confrontation and most yeah. people go, thanks for letting me know. Mm -hmm. That's respectful mm -hmm. to me. And when you can have that conversation, you know, sooner, right? Um, it doesn't have time to fester <laughs> and grow and you know, and become in some ways, in some companies, you know, right, things become toxic, mm -hmm. that if we'd have just had the conversation, we wouldn't be having a toxic conversation, right? If we had had the maybe what we would think of as the hard conversation, right? Mm -hmm. um, much earlier. But we, oh, I don't want the conflict. I don't want the conflict. But really, conflict causes us to grow sometimes too. For you know? sure. So accepting that sometimes we're gonna have conflict. Sometimes we're going to rub each other the wrong way, you know. Quite I mean, accidentally, most of the time. Most of the time. Unaware. like it. Exactly. You know, and we do that, right? We do that, like my husband and I, sometimes we can rub <laughs> each other the wrong way. Yeah. You know, right. And we got to have that conversation so that it doesn't end up being the conversation that happens at the dinner table around all the kids and at everything else at Thanksgiving. <laughs> and your crazy Uncle Al's like, I told you they were nuts. <laughs> Right? Like that kind of thing. It doesn't right. have to get there. I meant to say pass the salt. Yeah. <laughs> I'll show oh. you the salt. Right? Like that kind of thing. So I agree with you. I agree with you. I think that's a great point. Uh, there was an article I read in the uh, Press Gazette. I, I know I'm old. I still read the paper. I still <laughs> love getting the paper. I love walking to the mailbox, looking at all the news, which there's not much in it anymore. I get more from my news feed. I love the process. Anyway, a few years ago, there was an article about zebra mussels invading the Great Lakes. Mm. Okay. And it was specifically about uh, this harbor in, in, in uh, Lake Superior. And it was a natural small harbor that these folks have lived on for a long time that protected their boats. Right. So they literally could go in. There was a little landmass that was not like man-made or anything. It was natural. Mm. And there was this narrow entry and exit point. And I guess with the currents, just the way they were, these little tiny zebra mussels, which are, what, the size of the tip of your finger oh, or maybe so pinky, they're, they're small. Um, they they literally came to the top of the water because the way the current was, it's pushing them into this little mm, opening and they couldn't okay. get their boats out. All right. They could no longer get their fishing boats and stuff out of this harbor. And so it talked about a uh, gentleman uh, rented like a small barge and had like, a, you know, uh, machinery to scoop out, uh, you know, the opening again. Okay. <laughs> and then within two months, it all clogged up again. <laughs> and I'll never forget that story because um, when you're talking about the story just with your husband, if something challenges you and to share it, it's like a zebra muscle. <laughs> and, that, and that harbor is a pathway to communication. You're on one side, you know, I'm a body mm -hmm. of water, you're a body of water, mm -hmm. right? And there's this path to us. 
And when I do something to ding your dignity or make you feel a certain way, and you do something for me, and we don't say it, it's not that big of a deal. The path is still there. Mm -hmm. There's a few zebra mussels down in the bottom. Mm -hmm. And it's when we don't clean that out and we don't have a conversation that pretty soon we look at each other and go, I'm done now. Yep. I can't communicate with you anymore. Yep. And and so we just feel, so I mean, true. those are dignity violations that happen accidentally um, that we have to talk about these things so that that channel doesn't get mm -hmm. clogged up. We can prevent it from getting clogged that's up. So good. By having a little note that says, hey, you know, like in your mind, that's your, that's just the thing. There's a little zero. I'm going to pick up the zero muscle. Hey, this thing, you know, is getting in the way of us. It will in the future if we keep doing this. So I just want to make you aware of it. Mm -hmm. Right. Fling, fling it away. Great. Let's prevent that. And we have to do that over and over again. Yes. Yes. That's why we do check-ins. Yeah. That's we have to check in with each other. One different. of the things I love about Dignify so much, Yeah. you know, and the, the system that, that we utilize and um, so many opportunities for people to have dialogue and to talk about um, things in a safe space and a dignifying space. Human dignity is something that, you know, defines what we mean by respect. It's how we define love. Mm -hmm. It's how I feel loved. And so agape, um, weaving it into everything you do of really understanding how does that person define respect? Because one person, I would say, approach someone a certain way and they'd be like, yeah, that sounds good. And the other person would be like, oh, I'm offended with that. Either the words you use, how you did it. I don't get it. I don't understand it. I'm not wired that way. Mm -hmm. um, and so we just move on with our life and no one, not, I won't say no one, but oftentimes no one says anything. Yeah, right? for sure. They're not, they're not made aware. Yep. And then you have an exit interview or, or they, you know, they, they say, Hey, I'm, I'm going to be taking a different job. And, and usually there's some excuse that's made up, you know, uh, it's more money or it's, you know, I got better hours or, you know, that type of thing, but they don't, they don't really get to the space of, of saying, this is what got in the way. Yeah. Right. Um, and so we don't know. And, and they leave and they could be it could be a great opportunity. Um, but when you have those moments, right, and you go, wow, I didn't see that coming or, you know, when we talk about that, right, with leaders, <clears throat> I didn't see that coming. Like they just called in one day and they were done, you know. Um, yeah, hard. And yeah. and could we have could we have gotten to a place um, with them by using some of our conflict resolution elements and by looking at okay why are why are we here why yeah. do we exist you know what do we do is is the conversation or lack of conversation or lack of misunderstanding getting in the way of what we do right is it getting in the way of why we exist and if it is well, we just ha we got to just pluck that thing out of there right. as fast as we can. But we do it with respect. We do it with respect. And so that's where love is, is woven, this idea of agape love, respect. It has to be woven into to every company culture. And those core values then guide, well, why did that go wrong? So you're doing this interview, right? And they're saying this didn't happen, that didn't happen. I mean, look at this data you've received. Mm -hmm. Core value, that data can help you say, we need to talk straight. Mm -hmm. You know, we need to collaborate. Like that's going to be one of our core values. We may not be there yet, 
but we need it because it's we're getting in our own way. What's your little rhyme that we did last time? Check yourself before you wreck yourself. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yep. I've never heard it. I, I, and you know, that's funny because I do use it often, but I guess I just don't in the office. Maybe. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, I, a lot of folks I, I talk to, they're like, you know, don't realize you're self-sabotaging the very thing you mm -hmm. want mm -hmm. by accident, just because you're unaware. Mm -hmm. You can't see yourself from inside your bottle. Right. Right. You can't read your own label from inside your own bottle. So to recap, culture's critical. There are three elements. You can get the book, The Advantage, to help guide you on the six critical questions. Mm -hmm. The first three can help guide you in your culture efforts. So much good stuff in that book. Why we exist, what are we called to do when we come here as a mission or as a as an understanding, mm -hmm. um, and how we're going to behave, what are our core values. Uh, those are the three major elements to start getting your culture, and then we have to we have to reinforce it. So in the future, we're gonna we should have a podcast on how do I keep this thing going, right? Yes. How do I, okay, yeah. great. I came up with it. It's on the wall. Now what? Right. Okay. How do we live it? And that there is that is uh, purpose directed communication, and we will uh, we will get into that in future podcasts. Um, but for now, uh, April, any final words on on agape love or nano love? <laughs> you know, I think um, one thing that that came to mind, and it's it, it's kind of a neat thing. Um, when you think about love, when you think about agape love, um, think about what is it that you have to give to another person? Mm. Because if I can come into your office or if I can come into a situation um, that maybe it's not working so well and I can come in with the idea of how can I help? How can I help you? Yeah. How can I serve you? Um, it takes the defense off of it for, for me as the leader. If I'm coming in and I want to help you, um, I can come in much more open, right? Um, much more willing to just accept where you are. Ooh, a choice to help. A choice to help. Absolutely. And that's, for me, that is, that is loving. You know, I don't get it right all the time. Um, I say that often, you know, I'm on the journey just like everybody else. And when somebody comes to me and says, hey, I want, I'm coming to you because I, I just, I just want to offer some help. Yeah. Man, I can't be defensive if you paid me. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, it is I disarming. No, I it, it is you very, disarm. it is. It's disarming. How can I help? Yeah. How can I help? I love that. All right, folks. Another Dignity Dialogue with April and Joe. See you next time. Bye, guys.